0: Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to everyone who's tuning in, whether you are listening or watching today i'm in the progressive property studio with scott rowe now scott is not only a social media expert but he is also an expert in property flips what is a property flip well me being irish when i moved to the uk years ago i thought flipping properties meant flipping properties but actually it means taking a house buying it maybe as cheaply as possible a rundown property doing it up and then selling it on for a profit. So you flip it on for a profit. Now Scott's done a number of these projects, but what he's also done is become an expert in social media on the back of this. Hang on until the end and Scott has got some tips for you on how you can build your social media presence and how you can grow a massive following, which could also lead to your ability to raise funding for your projects. So hang on to the end and find out how you can do that too. But Scott, thanks for joining us. No problem. So, um, obviously, social media expert, we're going to keep that till the end. But property flipping, um, how did you get into it? Um, So it started from when
1: I met my Um, ex-partner. Well, actually, it goes back from when when my parents... My parents have flipped houses since I was a kid. Um, I'm only 27, and I'm in my... Probably over my 30th house. Wow. Um, Since a kid. So it's something that's always been with me as growing up. And then when I decided to get a property ladder myself, obviously not having a large amount of funds, property in Scotland at the time was a lot cheaper. Um, We'd done some research in the area, like on Rightmove, like most people do, seeing what houses that were done up had sold for. Um, There were some houses that had sold for like 87, 88 grand, which obviously is not a huge amount of money compared to like London people but we managed to get the house for under 50K. So obviously we then bought the house, got the deal done, um, and then, yeah, started looking into how we could do the work ourselves, because we used all of our savings we have to buy the house. Right. We knew we wanted to sell it on, but it was just a way of how can we do this without using money, and it wasn't right. because, you know, sometimes people say they've not got the money but they have maybe credit cards or things yeah. like that, but we literally didn't. So it was like, we've got to do it,
0: how do we do it? And that's when we started. So, when you say buy a cheap house, for many people watching this, they might be thinking you got to buy a, There's three ways I'd look at this and say mm. the cheapest house on the cheapest street, yep. the cheapest house on the most expensive street, or the cheapest house on an average street. Yep. So, w- which one of the three? So, you we go did
1: for? the cheapest on an average street. Cheapest on an average yeah. street. So, on a, on a scale of like where's the roughest, where's the poshest, you yeah. sort of met in the middle. Um, so they were like decent schools. It were in areas of like gyms, cafes, yeah. that sort of thing. But it wasn't necessarily the nicest area. Right. But it wasn't necessarily the worst area either.
0: Okay, and I guess the, the cheap house on the cheap street, uh, nobody wants to buy it. Correct. And the cheap house on the expensive street, nobody can afford to buy it. Exactly. So yeah. you you meet in the middle. The middle. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then you said you were doing this up in Scotland. Yeah. You chose Scotland because it was a cheaper area, but not the cheapest part of Scotland. Correct. Yeah. Right. Um. Your first time you did this, what age were you?
1: I was
0: 27 now, so i 20, 21. Okay, cool. So for many people watching this, they go, I'm like too young to get into property. Do you think you could start at any age?
1: 100%, yeah, definitely. It was, don't get me wrong, I didn't think at the time I'd be able to go as far as I went with it. Yeah. I, there is, you know, I still wish I'd gone even further with it, but even then, looking back now, I think, God, I can't believe I was that young and I managed to do it completely on my own right um, because most people like who I were friends with you know they were still living at the parents house and they were still going to uni or doing whatever and I just that wasn't for me I didn't want to do that my parents have flipped houses all their lives and that's kind of what I wanted to do yeah. I just needed to figure out how to get the money to start doing it yeah so I just thought well, if I start off with something small. as cheap as I can get yeah small and then work my way up and that's kind of what I did
0: right so um, for anyone who's listening in and thinking exactly how flipping houses work, so just talk to us through the simple sort of... Do you find them through an estate agent? How did you find the house? Um, what sort of refurb's do you do? And then, how did you... So, sell?
1: when I was obviously looking at houses, I knew, again, not, not everyone has got much knowledge about... I had a little bit of knowledge from my parents, so I knew to check for, like, structural damage, you know, if windows need to it, anything that's going to cost you a lot of money, disregard it if you're starting off it's more anything that's cosmetic if you walk in something it looks like it's from the 60s it doesn't yeah. really matter it's just all cosmetic but some people will look at that and be instantly put off but it's knowing the difference between you know your most expensive things and the things that are just gonna be cheap things that can make a lot of money right um so i had a bit of understanding about that anyway um i did a lot of driving around rather than I'd obviously look on Rightmove and things like that, but I used to just drive around neighborhoods in Scotland and basically just look for like for sale signs, because some of the houses weren't listed on Rightmove. Um, And what I would sometimes do is actually knock on the door and speak to the person. And if I hadn't have done that with this house that I bought first, I would not have got the deal that I got. And the reason for that was because the person who was living in the house was the woman, basically the old woman had passed away yeah. And it was the daughter who'd come back from Spain, who was staying there looking after the house. Wow, okay. What a quick sale.
0: She wanted to get back to Spain. Exactly. Right. So Scott, there'll be a lot of people watching this, mm-hmm. and they'll be thinking, "Oh, this is great." So you had parents that flipped houses; they gave you an interest in flipping houses. So I guess it was easy for you because that means that they they probably funded your deals. They helped you. You had people to mentor you through your journey. So, um, how how did having Parents that were already doing flipping of houses help you, but also was there anything that it affected you and was a disadvantage for you as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish it was helpful, <laughs> but um, it wasn't. One, my parents are strong believers in that they started from the bottom, you've got to start from the bottom. Yep. So I never actually got financial help, to be fair. Um, in regards to them always being inputted into it, Yeah, they would try. But obviously they've been doing it a certain way for so long that they, they're they sort of stuck in stone. They think their way is the only way to do it. Right. They didn't think that me going down, obviously I know we're going to talk about social media later, but my avenue of the social media side would work. Right. They thought, like, that's a load of rubbish, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's for um, pictures of your dinner. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. were just like, Scott, no one's going to be interested, you know. And they were like, you should do it this way and you should buy from there. and. You shouldn't really buy in Scotland. So if I had listened to them, I possibly wouldn't have managed to do as well as I possibly would have done because I think they would have just modicoddled. Right. Um, so, and then obviously when I did do it and didn't listen to them, they were like, oh, okay. That sort of thing, you know? So, yeah, as much as obviously it, it was helpful in regards to I learned things yeah. from the offset, just going through the building process when I was a kid, that sort of thing, yeah, right. it was great. Um, but in regards to... Being older and me wanting to do it, as soon as I mentioned I want to do it, they were like, You should do this, look at this, da-da-da. So that was actually a hindrance in right. a way.
0: So for anyone who doesn't have parents who did it before and they want to get into flipping houses, what sort of advice would you give them to get started?
1: My advice would be, obviously, you know, I know I'd keep touching into social media, but this is what I did. Go on to like home pages. There's so many on Instagram and, and Facebook and YouTube. Watch normal people who are just like yourselves do the same thing and obviously when you start watching those videos you think hang on a minute this is just like a normal person he is not a builder he's not they've never done it before if they can do it why can't i do it and that's basically what i did and when i was showing like going back to my parents and i was showing them this they were like they've not got a clue and i was like but people are doing it like it's possible you've just got to do the research and you know connect with the right people have chats with people swap ideas and and you know just there is a bit of risk you've got to do but There's no success without a little bit of risk, you know? Um, Probably one thing that I probably would advise people to do, which is something if I could tell myself back then, is to look for a mentor, look for actual professional training. You know, like I could have made so much more money if I'd have gone on one of your courses back then to now. And just like my parents, obviously they're following how you guys do it and taking the tips and the right methods of just little tiny things that you, you know, that can save you money or you can utilize this by having a mentor is really, really good. Um, and I've actually managed to get my parents to do it now as well. It's taken some time to get them out of that box, but I think they could be much more successful, you know, going on one of your courses, for example.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah, that would be something that if I could speak to my younger self, I would definitely say.
0: Yes, one of the things about Bite to Flip, and I see this a lot from people who come to us and they've maybe done it in the past is... The, the one common thread they say to me is, it's feast and famine. So mm. like when you do buy to let, you buy a house, refurbish it, rent it out, and then the rental income comes in every month and you got yeah. cash flow. But buy to flip is the lump of cash. So you got like, uh, you put all your money into a deal, it's famine. You do the refurb, you get a big paycheck, feast. But the property market's moved, so now you gotta put all that money into the next deal. Did you experience that or? Yes, I did. So on the first one, obviously I was amazed that I made so much money on it.
1: Um, huge what did you profit. make on the first one? We made 40000 on the first one, okay. um, which was obviously amazing. I was like 20, in fact, I've not even gone 21 because we flipped it in. It was it was just before the time frame where you are not potentially allowed to sell the house because you bought it too soon, you know, like yeah, yeah, time, six months time frame. It was just after that. Right. Um, and I remember my, my partner was literally like putting up the like last bit of stuff on the wall and they, they were already coming around to value it. Um, so yes, that was like a large amount of money for us to do, and we thought, right, let's go for something bigger, let's right. go for a bigger project. Whereas, obviously, looking at it now and what I know now, I probably wouldn't have put all that money into the next. Right, one. So
0: the forty grand profit, rather right. than like in enjoying it or whatever, you actually took the whole forty grand and stuck it in the next house. Basically, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you went from. Feast to famine. Yeah. Back to feast again. And that's literally how it what happened. What did you make on the second one? Um, so the next one we made, I think it was just under 70 on right. the second one. So is that 70 profit or is that the 40 you put in back out plus an extra 30? It was including the 40 that we put in. So right, so 30 profit. So 30 profit. So now yeah. you've got to, after two deals, you're up 70 grand. Yeah. Which, by the way, is bloody good. In the comments, give me a yes or give me a 70k if you'd like to be up 70k from two deals. Because the period of time from... Securing the first one to selling the second one. How long was that? Um, so we sold the first one. That was so probably a year and a half. Okay. So in, in 18 months, 70 grand. That's better than a job. Yeah. yeah. You did the work yourself. We did. Okay. Now, when you spoke about education and mentoring and stuff, and obviously bringing your parents to learn how to do this correctly, mm-hmm. um, it's almost like my, my parents um, always said, you know, If you have to hire people, you'll never have any money. Um, if you learned the techniques of work on your business, not in your business, and you hired people to do the projects, you could do more than one at a time. You yeah. might make less money because you're paying people, but less money on more projects is more money overall. Exactly, yeah. So um, buy to flip, you can do it yourself. You can do it by other people. Mm-hmm. At the start of your journey, you did everything yourself, or you hired everything in. What did you do um,
1: on the? So on the first one, everything ourselves. The second one was when the the social media side started coming in a little bit. Right. Um, so obviously that was a much bigger house. It was more sort of what we call appealing to everyone on Instagram, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it was a bit more of a wow factor. We could make much bigger changes. There were more rooms to do. If that makes sense, more bathrooms, more bedrooms. Yeah. So. How I started that one was the exact same way I started with the original one. Started doing all the work ourselves. Obviously, I'd already learned tips and methods from the previous house. Yeah, little mistakes that I'd made on the way as well. I changed. Um, Started doing it like that. Did the kitchen that way. Everything like that. And then, as the following started to go up, these people started to contact me like companies and were saying, "Oh, we love what you're doing. Mm. Can you? Can we do your bathroom? You know, can we do your kitchen?" this sort of thing and this was mental because I was like what you want to do it for free
0: so literally people off Instagram people off Instagram
1: like companies like Ren, Magnet um, B&Q would send us like lighting we used to get sofas gifted and basically the house then ended up not really costing us much to do because these companies wanted to come out and kit the house out photograph it and then basically use our Instagram to promote their products so we were basically all we had to do is in the end we were having to like photograph when things were done tag that company whether it would be in q magnet and then yeah that was the exchange of you know I got, I got yeah i got a bathroom for taking a picture really that was that was kind of how it happened um but it took a lot of graft in the beginning yeah um but obviously as it got bigger you then learn that hang on if you know if i can if i can do all this it was so much easier having other people doing the work because yeah. then i could be doing other things right
0: you know so what yeah. what social media sort of channels do you do you just use social media to promote the building of the work or do you use it to find deals? So I was all defining the, the deals just through agents. Um, not in the beginning. Um,
1: later on, as I got more of a presence on social media with it, um, you, you start to meet what, like other big following account pages. Right. So you almost become like friends with these people. Um, so people who've got a massive following, and then. They'll maybe mention to you, or oh, this company's got in touch with me for so and so. And then also, what people do within those groups, they'll discuss what they're currently doing. So, whether they're flipping okay. houses or whether they've got a house for sale. So, then you end up actually having like your own little, almost like your own little right move,
0: <laughs> kind
1: <laughs> of, within a group chat. Yeah. With total people you've got no idea, you don't even know them from all over the UK. Because right. obviously, we were in Scotland. And then we were speaking to people down in Manchester and Liverpool. And then, obviously, I was really keen to obviously go a bit further down s- south because that's where I'm from. Yeah. Um, and then she would mention properties that she'd been looking at. Yeah. They'd obviously send them to us and vice versa. And then we sort of discussed with them, you could spend... Because, obviously, what their budget was down there was a lot bigger than what our budget was. Yeah. So I tried to explain to her, you could buy two houses up here for what you paid for that. So almost you extend up exchanging information and different tips and stuff. And yeah, it, it was
0: great, really. And obviously, long term as you grow, you start to get stuff free, but you start to do bigger projects, you start to be able to outsource more because you're building your pot of money. Yeah. Um, at the start of your journey, doing a lot more yourself as you grow, doing less and less yourself and moving yep. on to other things. How important is, as you scale was it to actually, whether you want to or not, to either do it yourself or at least watch what's been done and learn about what's been done on the project?
1: It's definitely, I definitely think it's important to know because obviously if you're someone who has, who's very luckily got a lot of money to spend and you want to do, you want to just constantly pay out for things, that's amazing, you know, lucky for them. Mm-hmm. But the downside to that is regardless of how much money you've got, you still don't want to get ripped off. Yeah. And on the second property, no sorry, the third property, when I had the money then to obviously pay for certain things to be done, for example, I'd have um, someone come in to do the bathroom and I wanted certain pipes moving. He told me it couldn't be done. Now, I wouldn't have known if I'd not done this in previous things myself and done this work myself right. that I knew that could be done. Yeah. He just didn't want to do it. So when I explained to him what that pipe was and that should go there, he was like, oh, okay. And I said, yeah, so you were going to charge me that amount of money without even moving that when I know it can be done. You just It's a tricky thing to do. Yeah. But it's doable. But it's doable. You just yeah. don't want to do it. You know, and it were like little things like in the kitchen. The kitchen company finished the worktops off and the edging was all sort of chipped on the side. And I said, that shouldn't look like that. And he was like, oh, it's just one of these things with these kind of worktops. I knew for a fact that it's, it's been not cut sh- wrong. It's not, yeah, it's not it. how it should be. You know, you've obviously had a blade that's too big or yeah. something like that. All this sort of stuff that, you know, I probably wouldn't have, I'd probably just taken it as gospel because they're the professionals, you know? So as much as it was good that I could afford to pay for other people to do the work, it was great in one way of obviously knowing that I'm not getting ripped off at the same time. And then I guess the other sort of big tip for me was being able to walk in properties that are like a time warp and I could, before I'd maybe walk in and have a rough idea, But I got to a point where I could walk into a house and almost, like, strip it bare with my eyes and then know exactly what I wanted in it. Um, And doing it rather than
0: not doing it to sort of live in,
1: doing it to sell, because that's very different.
0: Yeah, yeah. because if you're doing it to live in, you get emotional and you overspend. Yeah. While doing it for somebody else, yes, it needs to look nice, but your taste might not suit the buyer. So do you keep it very neutral? I do now. Originally, I'd gone for a bit more of a really
1: creative kitchen, beautiful kitchen, but it might not have been to everyone's taste, which I got told it wasn't. Right. Um, so I did make that mistake initially. same with like, the bedrooms and things like that. So now I just go for like a very neutral scheme, mm. um, either greys or whites. I'm not a fan of Magnolia. Sorry if anyone likes Magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just go for neutral colours and then, you know, st- you're always going to get someone who doesn't like neutral, yeah. but you can easily paint a neutral wall a different colour. If you've got a bright red wall, it's difficult to paint it back white.
0: Do you, do you think um, no matter what the marketplace is, uh, going down flat, going back up again, that you can make money in flipping houses? Yes,
1: because when I did start, I didn't really have much knowledge of that and I ended up going into that without knowing. Yeah. Um, but in one sense, it benefited me because in the time frames I bought the property when the market was cheap and me doing the house up myself, when the property market then came back up, then I actually got more money
0: because it were almost
1: like I worked the market. So you double one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, earlier we said, and you've touched a little bit on social media and that was really interesting about Instagram and pictures and getting free goods. A top tip for people, um, secret sort of Scott tips on how they can um, use social media. Reveal. So with social media, um,
1: there's so much you can do with it, and so much things you can get from it. People will literally gift you anything. Like, it, you know, if you don't ask. Originally, I got approached by people because obviously, once you hit a certain following, you know, these companies will get in yeah. touch with you. What type of following? Um, So I think on our homepage, it was touching nearly 100,000. Right, Um, at what point in level, is that the sort of level before people will give you freebies? No, you start getting noticed around 30, 40k. And then obviously when you're like at 100,000 for a property, just for literally a house page, Mm. that's quite a large
0: following. And how how long did it take you to get to sort of 40,000 from? Um,
1: Less than a year. Okay, less than a year. And it literally was from doing I almost basically just copied what someone else was doing. Right. Which sounds stupid because you almost think, well, if someone else is doing it, no one's going to want to follow mine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Everyone's doing
1: that. Everyone's doing that, yeah. yeah. So, like, no one, and that's, I did sort of think that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, everyone were really interested in what I were yeah. doing, you know? Because, again, it's just people like to connect with real people and like to see real life things yeah. rather than things that are like unachievable. Mm-hmm. And I think because I started off very small. Right. And they sort of felt, I think they like the idea that they got to follow the journey. So people like to see that. People don't like to see, you know, you, they don't want to see you literally like at the top and seeing all the flash houses and everything like that because, yeah, that's nice to yeah, see. Yeah, they want to see the graft. But they want to see the graft. People can relate to that yeah. and watch it and think, oh, actually, I can do this just like I did. Mm. Um, and then obviously, once you get to that level where you've got that amount of following, I then realized that I could then message other companies. So rather than them waiting for them to message me, I used to then send them messages and say, oh hey, I'm looking for this kitchen in this color, I will promote it on my page. Is there anything we can collaborate with? Right. Very, very, very rarely I didn't get a response. I'd either get a discount or I'd get most of it for free or I'd get, I always got something.
0: Did you use um, your name for your page or did you make a a cool name? It's all about the name. (laughs) So I called the page the name of the street
1: that the first property was bought on, right? And that's all I called it. Right. Um, I didn't want to call it my name because obviously I've already got personal sort of stuff as, aside, so we kept it very separate. Right. It was literally just for just for right. the house stuff. Um, I wouldn't say names massively important as long as it's easy to spell. Right. Obviously, if you go for something a bit unusual to spell, it might be hard for people getting the username right when they're looking for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it worked so well, like, you know, we'd go to a, a, you'd go to a sofa shop and you'd get chatting to them and then as soon as you go, oh, this is my Instagram page, if we post it, will you give us this discount? And they'd be like, and they'd see the following and they'd be like, yeah, right,
0: deal. I used to use it for everything. Wow. It was brilliant. So your top tip is uh, share your journey. Share the journey. Yeah. Um, don't worry about the fact that you're doing the graft and starting out people yes. actually prefer that people like to see it yeah yeah and tell everyone even when you go shopping this little page <laughs> tell everyone yeah right tell awesome everyone. yeah so that is some massive insights I've even learned lots of stuff there about how to grow I've given myself some ideas of how to grow my following watch my following spike in the next few months um, but you can too you can go out and do all of this stuff so Scott, thank you for coming in and sharing that journey with us. The journey on buy to flipping properties, but also sharing that journey to build your following. That could lead not just to free sofas and free kitchens and free whatevers, but also people will be watching you who may want to invest into your future projects as well. So you've been listening to Scott Rowe sharing some phenomenal tips on how you can grow your buy to flip business and your social media presence to help you grow your buy to flip business. But if you wanna learn how you can get started, something Scott mentioned was he wishes that he had got proper education and in how to do the deals, find the deals, manage the deals so that he could grow even quicker. If you wanna grow quicker, there's a completely free report. It's in the pinned comments and in the description. You can download it right now to help you get started and get you growing your property business in today's market. I've been Kevin McDonald. he's been Scott, you've been amazing, and I'll see you next time.